This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kura Mawera. Good Sam. How goes it? Very well. All good for a Wednesday. How are things yeah. in the... What's the term for Fakatani? Is it Pearl of the North or something? Um, I don't know what we are. We're like just the greatest place on the whole planet to live, I think. Probably that's the best description. <laughs> Oh. After Dunedin, that's all good. <laughs> so who are we introducing today? Today we have got, um, <laughs> I am just, I'm very lucky in my life to have a lot of extraordinary people, but Jodie's um, like uh, extreme extraordinary. Uh, I first met her oh, about, <laughs> first met her about, 10 or more years ago when I entered a cake competition and she was running the competition. It was a fundraiser for Play Centre, I think, Jodie. No, actually it was the Whakatane Baptist Church, mainly music Oh, that's right. And I entered a fruitcake and it won, which was (laughs) amazing. And so that was when I first met Jodie Langdon. (laughs) Well, I think that cake was phenomenal based on the amount of Drambui that was in it. (laughs) <laughs> Most of a bottle of Trambuli went into that cake. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> delicious, and I still wish you could have salad a hunk of that for now. <laughs> that would be so I've good, got, eh? Yeah, well, I've still got my wedding cake from 21 years ago. Do you? Yeah, I do. It's fine. Actually, it's I tasty. should make one of those cakes for you for Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they yeah. are getting quite costly to make. Hmm. Especially if it's got yeah. a bottle of Drambui in it. <laughs> I would expect nothing less, Sam. <laughs> so Jodie is um, Jody does um, some really cool stuff in the community. She's always been massively community involved, and at the moment she's doing some work with Aged Concern over around Rotorua. Um, and she also does something really cool with glass that I'll let you talk about because it's it's, it's different and amazing. So welcome, oh, Jodie. It's so cool to have oh, you here. You. Thanks for having me here. Thanks to you, Sam, for being yes. our man behind the, the woman today. <laughs> Welcome. one between two roses. So how has your bubble life been? Um, bubble life is great. I'm sitting here in my she shed, but I have to say that a little bit quietly because my husband thinks it's his garage. But this, this is my happy place. Just working and painting and working with glass and staying away from the children. Then that keeps me in my bubble. Well, they're not children anymore. They're actually teenagers, which I think is even worse. Did you work during lockdown? I had three weeks off um, and then the government decided that we were an essential service, which indeed we are. So we got to go back to work then. What is it that you do that's essential? I'm a support coordinator for Age Concern and I run a team of volunteers and they are wonderful people in our community. And what we're trying to do is basically stop people from being isolated and alone when they're in their older age group and also ensure that they're able to choose the types of food that they put in their bodies as well. Because once you get to a certain age where you can't drive and you haven't got any family, it's pretty tough to choose what you want to eat if you can't leave the house. Did you do that from home or were you out and about? Um, for three weeks we did um, basically calling people. That's all we could do. And we had we tried to put um, shopping in place for people that didn't have anyone. 
Um, but then after that, we were able to go back to the office. I, I'm, I'm the young woman in the office. Um, everyone else is sort of above 60. So, and had their certain requirements that they should have stayed at home. So it was good. So what do you get up to in your she shed? Uh, at the moment, I work with fused glass. So that is basically where I mould glass in a kiln and um, take it to markets where I sell lots of beautiful earrings and bits and pieces. Glass in New Zealand is really expensive, so all of mine has to come from overseas. So I go to markets to make a little bit of coin so I can do what I want to do, and that is basically put people's remains into glass so they can have a wee keepsake that doesn't actually cost the earth. You say people's remains into glass, like in bottles? Um, no, more like beautiful things that catch the light. So, oh, in the glass, sets, yeah, in the glass. So, um, uh, everything's made to order and it's bespoke. I've done some this week, which I've already sent away, so I can't show you, but you can look on my Facebook page, which is always glass rotorua. And I make seascapes, landscapes, brooches, Christmas decorations, whatever special requirement that you need with your loved ones or even the animals remains in, just so you can touch and hold something. How did you get into that? Um, through necessity, we um, we nearly lost our daughter quite some time ago, 10 years, but um, don't be don't be blue because she's indeed fine now. And, but we, it was so bad that we had to start thinking about what we would do with her remains. So at the time, I don't know if you remember there was you could make diamonds out of people's cremains and it was quite expensive and I and that's what I decided I wanted to do but it was about twenty thousand dollars and I know that my husband would have made that happen no matter how skint we were because what husband would say no um and then after that Poppy was fine we come home and I sat down with our artist friend who also worked with glass and we we came up with a way to be able to do it and something equally as pretty that you could look and touch and hold but isn't going to cost you the big price tag so you know everyone's grief should be able to be dealt with how they want to deal with it and it shouldn't be depending on money so did you go to classes does how does one learn how to do glass work <laughs> well i um I found a lady over in Tauranga and she does run classes and she's a really good pal now. She's Lead Lighting Expressions, Lynn and Steve over in Tauranga. They took me under their wing and they've basically held my hand ever since. Because oh. it's, you know, not a normal thing. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It's a really fun and um, beautiful thing to work with. It's like a chemistry experience. Uh, you've got to know exactly what temperatures to take it to, and you never actually know what the cremains are going to do. So I've often found that if you were difficult in life, you're often difficult in death. So the cremains just um, do what they want, really, and I try and make something beautiful out of it. What a thing to do. What, a, what, what an amazing thing to do. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but uh, for me, I need things that I can touch and hold. And they often act as a bridge. So down the track, you can indeed release um, the remains back to the earth, because I only need a very small amount to make many pieces. Um, so then they can go back to the earth and the cycle can start again. But you still feel good that you've still got a bit of your loved one. Let's take... The mutton birds. Anchor me. Oh, yes. 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 Firm favourite, that one. Tons and 
Working for Age Concern, how is the aged community? Is that how we describe the community? <laughs> Older oh, community? There's many, there's, the, yeah, the, the, often, no matter who you talk to, you offend someone with what term you call someone. So, the experienced community. The That's the one. Or, or seniors. So, how are the seniors in Rotorua doing? Actually, they're doing really good. Um, we've we've managed to um, keep most of our clients um, on board and still with our, um, you know, with, with their wonderful people and their lives. So I'm not sure if you actually know completely what we do, but um, um, we do an AVS service, which is a little bit like Tinder, but without all the icky bits. It's where we match a volunteer from the community and we match them with someone who has similar interests or is going to enrich their life. Um, we spend a lot of time in the matchmaking process and then once we've put two individuals together, it's 
a, a little friendship develops and it can just be beautiful and amazing. So that's where all the skill is actually trying to um, match two people together. Is that about finding things that people can, you know, someone that can mow the lawn, that yeah. kind of thing? Oh, on some, well, no, because the government um, really does take care of people uh, with things like that. We do the nice to have bits, so we want to enrich people's lives, but not only that, we want them to enrich our volunteers' life as well. So we don't put two people together with that are not going to work. Uh, we don't put two people together if we think one of them is going to download all their problems onto the other. We put two people together because they actually genuinely appreciate each other. And we had some wonderful success stories. Did you did that enriching people's lives manage to yeah. carry on during lockdown? Did, did it move remotely? What happened there? Um, some really amazing things happened. People in our community actually stepped up, and New Zealanders we travel far and wide. So just because you have children doesn't mean they stay close to you. Many of them are in other parts of the world, so when the chips are down and you need someone to do your groceries, they're not often there. And at that same time, our people were a bit backwards at coming forward and asking for help. But over this time, the, their neighbours actually asked them if they needed some help, and, and many of them readily accepted, about, accepted it. So people stepped up and did the work, and it was amazing. Some have still continued, some have fallen away, but um, I was very impressed with our local community. What about you guys? How did it go in your, with all your older people? Um, we had um, huge, huge community engagement here in Pakatani. But yeah. um, Sam and I have been running this, doing this show um, since day one of lockdown, five days a week. Yeah. And so we've heard amazing stories from all over the world of the lengths that people will go to to care for those in their community. Yeah, we can't downplay the other effects too. I very foolishly thought that some of our older people that don't have any access to technology, they wouldn't be as affected because we, we've all gone down that rabbit hole where we've been listening to news and going to find out every last detail about things, whereas most of our people aren't actually connected to the internet. Um, but they still suffered so much anxiety and trauma through this. And I don't know if we'll ever know the lasting effects of how bad this has been for them. I was going to say that one of the things that this has done, because we couldn't get together, was to actually bring people together. But you, you just said that there's a big uh, chunk of your community that's not connected. How did they yeah, yeah. fare and how did they manage to to stay part of what was going on? Um, a lot didn't. Uh, and unfortunately, well, it's fortunately or unfortunately, but our government does choose to have an ageing in place, which means it's supposed to be best for our people if they stay in their family home and they age in place. But this isn't always good for everyone. Um, a lot of the time it's a very isolating experience when actually they could leave, live a far more meaningful life in a retirement village. Have you always been in this kind of work? Yes, um, always been in the community. Uh, I was an ambulance officer, but how long has it been since I haven't done that, Mawera? Must be about mm, maybe seven years. Yes. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yes. But always everything that you are involved in has always been about um, enriching our community and I appreciate that so much about you. Oh, thank you. I, I worked out my love language a long time ago and um, much to my disappointment, it seems to be acts of servitude. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm always the person to, to, you know, stand up and help if I can. Hmm. But, but people are becoming so much more complex and their issues can't often be helped with one social service. I mean, 
at Age Concern, I've got a really wonderful team and I love them dearly, but we don't stick to our knitting. So often we are the last port of call for people who can't get any type of help from anywhere else and we just break it down and we use our friends, we use our network and we just make stuff happen. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. You're all having the best day, beautiful superstar, in your beloved universe. And I really hope wherever you are, whatever is happening around this journey, we're on together and to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and who you are. A triumph of nature's art, perfect and here, making things better. Thank you. So I've had a very interesting day and I hope you have too. Such an honour to share this time with you. Thank you very much for having me, Sam, and the whole Blown Bubbles team. So wonderful for me. So I've been particularly struck today by the importance of celebrating our freedom. And of course, here we are. We're in level one again. We've done it. Absolutely fantastic. And so we do have this renewed sense of our freedom, which is really wonderful. And of course, part of celebrating our own freedom is acknowledging the freedom of others and giving others the opportunity to fully be themselves and accept them as that and allow them to behave and make choices that best fit where they're at and not only for us and the other human animals that surround us but of course our beautiful wider family and far known relations in the rest of the animal kingdom and indeed the plants and the fungi all life in the infinite web so I had a wonderful time at the Orokanui Eco Sanctuary staff meeting today and I had a wonderful dream last night that I was up quite high and all these beautiful kaka came flying towards me and at first I thought it was just one or two kaka but then I realised it was this huge flock of them and they were all flying towards me and some of them, there were two of them that had only half a wing but they could still fly and the leader of all the kaka was a kaka korako which is a a white kaka but there used to be when there was so many millions and billions of kaka all over beautiful Aotearoa so it was a very powerful dream and of course we are launching forth into this project putting transmitters on the kaka and finding out where they're going when they fly out of Orokanoi and of course this is all about freedom that we we want them to be free we can't restrain them that's not the idea of the eco sanctuary but when they fly out of course we do want them to be safe and we want to make sure everybody knows how to look after them in the best ways and this is a really big task as a community because it's all about getting that balance right between making the connection with loving them and allowing them to visit but of course not feeding them or enticing them in any way just allowing them to be there and becoming aware of what can be hazards to them like feeding them or water tanks or power poles all these things that for us don't seem like immediate hazards but for kaka are very exciting and can lead to misadventure and i also am really enjoying the opportunity to get the balance right in my interpersonal relationships and i took harvey penfold to my dentist today and I looked at his teeth and he has a different attitude to his teeth than I do. And I have a beautiful gold crown that has my name carved into it. And it sits on top of a root canal site that first began in all the way over the other side of the world in England on the NHS and came over here and had to be redone with a gold crown with my name engraved in it. So I have felt that my teeth are a priority, but for Harvey Penfold, Consensus Reality's approach to teeth love is not for him. He has his own approach. And so loving him and supporting him, I had to accept this as part of his freedom today. It's very interesting. So I hope that wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, you're really enjoying getting this balance right. And I'll look forward to talking to you. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. I'm Samuel Mann, I'm with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and Jody Langdon in Rotorua.
What do you think is causing that increase in complexity? Mental health. Um, people just falling through the gaps. We, we spoke about how particularly people over 80 not having as much technology access, and that's really leaving them behind. And this world has has moved on without them, even from checkbooks, um, you know, and even simple things that they've always done, like being able to buy a, a chocolate bar off the kid next door because they're helping with their fundraising, they can no longer do because they can't actually get to the bank. So it's, it's really taking away some dignity. Although we're moving fast, but it, some of these people just aren't going to keep up. What's been the impact of the the messaging that we've seen around COVID? I mean, the, the, the core message, of course, is, is be kind. But the message yeah. has been very much about, it, it's not been about doing it for yourself. It's been about you, you need to do this for other people. And yes. In particular, while we haven't actually used this line here, there's, there's kind of an element of the, the line that has been used in the, the UK, that you do this for your nan. And it's yeah. kind of positioning the older people as vulnerable. Yeah. Which is well, good that we're looking. Which vulnerable. is good that they're looking after them. But it also sends a message <laughs> that does. How does that play out? Yeah, it's a really difficult one because a lot of our people um, actually they're not meek and mild, and they're definitely not vulnerable. They they are hard as nails, and they will just get up and keep doing what they've always done. Um, a lot of them also haven't worried or, you know, worried about this COVID thing because they've definitely faced more things over their life. Um, but I think everyone has really enjoyed how the rest of the community has, has stood up. Uh, it does open yourself up to fraudulent behaviour though, so we still have to be a little bit more careful around things like that. You know, for example, at Age Concern, every volunteer we have is police vetted and we do that regularly. Just because we cannot send someone into someone's home with um, a huge amount of trust and not have dotted our I's and crossed our T's. And we haven't had the sorts of deaths that's happened around the rest of the world, but there's been a very much a yeah. feeling of comorbidity. These people would have died anyway. And yeah. it's all, that's irked me so much because, you know, pretty much everybody over about the age of 40 has got something that could be yeah. described as a comorbidity. But it's almost like it's a, well, they were going to die anyway. And if, yeah, it, if, got, it's, annoy, if it's annoying me, it must be annoying older people more. I don't know how many of them are actually as connected into the news either. So they're not, they're following it a little bit, but they're not really thirsty for for information, which is good. You know, I think I told you earlier, I put myself on a media band today as well because sometimes you just have enough of listening to all the moaners and the whingers out there, particularly around this election. So you missed that thing about the free chocolate cake. It was delicious. What free chocolate cake? What? It was in the news. It was all over the news. It was free chocolate oh. cake at nine o'clock this morning from every petrol station. See, yeah, see what you're see, missing out probably on? Gonna get, might. <laughs> probably wouldn't have been good as mine, though. We've seen lots of changes in society over the last six months or so. What do you yep. think is going to stick? And more importantly, perhaps, what do you hope will stick? Saying hello to people. I'm, I'm a mainlander, um, so I always, well, no one's really a stranger to me because I always um, make random conversational stops and, 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 you know, always on the lookout for, for helping someone reach something that they can't get. So I hope more people start engaging with people outside of their circles and continually do it. It's, it's lovely to walk past someone and give them a smile. I wonder why we weren't doing that anyway. We don't have the excuse of it being overwhelmed with it, like people on the on the underground in, in London. 
whereas yeah. being nice to everybody would like do your head in and there's so many people we don't have that problem so so why is it a surprise to us that that being nice to people is a good thing to do i i think it links back to um social anxiety and self-worth you know people that won't hold your eye contact often think they've got nothing to contribute yeah, we've had some people say the the be kind message has worked, but why did it take a pandemic for us to be kind? I I don't I don't know about that. I I don't think I've improved my kindness. It's always been there. I think people who have been kind have always been kind, but they may not have um come forward and asked for an attaboy about it. You know, we will always go on and do and live by our morals. Um, I'm not sure it would have made people kinder, actually. I, I actually think it's a little bit trite, and people are starting to get a bit over it. Um, particularly my husband at the moment. Every every time Jacinda comes on, he likes to <clears throat> talk about the, the be kind message. You should ask him what the alternative is. Maybe you could be unkind for a bit. Trip him up a few, oh. trip him up a few times or... Oh, look, I try to trip him up physically and mentally at times, but he's a bit, he's a bit wily. You could take over the entire garage and not let him in <laughs> um, at all. Um, I, I pretty much have, and I won't even allow him to cut his... Um, he's, he's really, over the lockdown, he got into dismantling pallets and building interesting furniture out of it. Now, he's, he's actually only just gone up to his, from his Barbie tool belt to a light blue tool belt. So he's really learned some skills over this one, but I won't let him cut his pellets in the garage at the moment because it plays havoc with my glass. I imagine that bits and pieces of sawdust floating around in glass wouldn't do very well. Oh, no. No, it definitely doesn't. And, um, but it's an excuse to have my own little space as well. So what do you think we can oh. learn f from how we've responded to the pandemic for the sorts of bigger sorts of things that you, you're dealing with, social inequity or even onto things like climate change? Oh, I, I, I would like to take this as a bit of an opportunity, even though that we are in business um, and some of these new policies that are coming are going to really affect our small business here in Rotorua. But I would really like to be able to have, have the balls to push a wee bit of a reset and take Sundays back for family. I um, Spec Savers, we've done it here for now. We've closed on Sundays because our staff are working. That's, that's my husband's business. They, they work so hard. And if it's a seven-day-a-week business, there's not enough time away. So that's what they're doing at the moment. They're only working six days. And I, I don't think it's making a a single difference to what goes through the till and I would like more people to do that you know I'd like more people to just enjoy their families more not just for that wonderful three four weeks we all had but all the time I'd, I'd like people to say they came to New Zealand on a Sunday and it was closed because we we're all at the beach let's go, go on. And, and, and in fact, Wednesdays as well. Let's let's let's. Oh, look, that's that's geez, enough of Wednesday. Day. Let's go. So you say reset? Do you are you you're seeing it yeah. as something more than just a recovery, or different to a recovery? Um, I would really like to pivot, and I would really like to have our waterways, our rivers, to be fresh and clean as they once were. I would like tourism to be a little bit more sustainable and not paying the lowest wage for the hardest workers. I, I came from a hospitality background. They're really good workers, but they work so hard. And for them to be still on minimum wage doing terrible hours, there's got to be a better way. But I just don't know how. Because we still pay a lot for petrol, we pay a lot for food, we pay a lot for rent. I don't really know how it got this way. So I don't know how to reset it. But it would be nice to... Um, yeah, pivot a wee bit. I think acknowledging all the vulnerable people and the people who did it hard, I think for those of us that have jobs that were able to be done remotely, the the time of the lockdown was a a, a time that gave us a, a time to stop and think and enjoy the quiet and to realise that we didn't have to be rushing about. 
But then weirdly, and, and even though if we said how good it was, we still went back to rushing about. Mm. I think another problem was not everyone in the community did it hard. Uh, you know, I myself, I have a, I have a, a wonderful family. We, we eat wonderful food and it was actually quite delightful. But not everyone was in that same boat. So for me, it, it felt like we were, I don't know, it's, it's like after a war, everyone goes through it and it's really tough, but you come out the other side and, you, and you're a lot stronger for it. But I, I really don't feel that I was hard done by at all. And I think that's half of the problem. Well, maybe it's a glimpse of the fact that a, a life with less consumption is not necessarily a lesser life. We can actually demonstrate yeah. that we can have a better life, not a lesser life. Because the message yeah, of I, things I, like sustainability has always been about, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this other thing. But those of us that are promoting sustainability have said, no, actually, yeah. it's about a better life. But no one's believed us. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's pretty hard to do. I think we're all making our tiny wee changes um, along the way. What do you think is going to happen? I don't think we're going back to a normal. Mm. I don't think that... I, I think that the people who are objecting to yo-yoing in and out of um, lockdowns are deluded, because I think we will be. I think Personally, I think it's going to carry on. And so there's going to be some new normal that is, that is different to, to what we had. And there's yeah. everybody that I know is taking quite a different approach to to work. Nobody thinks that they need to go to work all day, every day. If it's better to work at home, then people are working at home. So there's, there's some pretty fundamental changes going on. Yeah, there is. We have found, and I have a couple of girlfriends who still continue to work from home, but their mental health, I think, has suffered a little bit because you're not... For me, that's one of the things that I realised in lockdown. Um, my creativity left, left me over that time, and I it couldn't seem to be creative. I was, you know, taking the girls through um, lots of painting and bits and pieces, but I couldn't be creative for me. And I don't really know why that was, but I always thought that my, my regular job really got in the way of my creativity. But actually, it's having a regular timetable, having to be at work by nine o'clock. And um, it gives you so much more energy. And I didn't know I needed that stability and that routine. I'm really quite disappointed in myself. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that I think one of the things that we have learnt, although your husband is over the be kind message, is that the be kind <laughs> message also applies to ourself, that, yeah. that we don't need to beat ourselves up if we don't manage to get something done. Yeah. Before the lockdown, yeah. I joined the huge queue at Mitre 10 buying varnish because <laughs> oh. I was going to re-varnish the windowsills. Well, that hasn't happened, okay. and I don't care. Yeah. No, I know. You and me both. I've got a list of jobs i think i've actually become a little bit more lazy i never realized i was a lazy person but i think i am but you're I'm enjoying it finishing a job oh yeah i'm just I'm, I'm always thinking you know 10 moves ahead so i've got to learn to live in the present a little bit more i think that's so do you think we should have another lockdown so i can just learn that well you get one every weekend particularly on sundays now for you I know, but I've I've actually made a request that if we have another lockdown, I um I have one of my own separate bubble. <laughs> I mean, I may hate it, um, because I actually don't like talking on the phone or actually what I'm doing now. But I would I would like to have a crack at not talking to someone for a while. You see, the thing is, is that we have summer holidays every year. And Do we? Yeah, but we you fill our... You obviously don't work in retail. <laughs> but we fill our... Whenever you have your holidays, we don't stop in the way that we did for the lockdown. No, wasn't it glorious? We rush around like crazy things because we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves. Yep. 
you're you're right there, but um, we we did drink a lot more in lockdown. I must admit, and ate a lot more. Didn't do any exercise. Let's take Dorothy Moore with Misty Blue. Absolutely, one of my favourites. Such a long, long time. Look like I get you off of my mind, but I can't. Just the thought of you turns my whole world misty blue. Just the mention of your name Turns the flicker to a flame Listen to me, good baby I think of the things we used to do And my whole world turns misty blue Heaven knows I've tried Baby When I say that I'm glad we're through Deep in my heart I know I've lied I've lied I've lied Such a long, long time Looks like I'd get you off of my mind But I can't Just the thought of you My love My whole world turns misty blue I remember Radio Caroline and Tim Rowe. Yeah, FM. Um, <laughs> but I think that's where I heard the song. And um, I, I just love it. I don't know if she's actually done much more since then, but she had no need to. She probably Are you from Timaru? Been out of it. Well, I was born there. Haven't ever done much living there, um, apart from a couple of years as a student, which was rather entertaining. I do love Timaru. Yeah, that's where we spend some of our summer holidays. Some great the, homes there. We um, oh, Caroline Bay. That that carnival, and wherever yeah, they, they wherever they keep wherever they keep those weird people that work at the carnival all year. Well, I just always hope they've got that shark net fixed out there. There's a good swim at, at Caroline Bay. I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest mm-hmm. success you've had in the last couple of years? Personal or work success? 
It's your show. Anything you like. Oh, well, I think probably the most exciting thing to happen to me in the last couple of years would be to find out that I have a father and a sister and two half-brothers that I never knew about. Cool. Yeah, it happened in February, so there was a lot of time to get used to that. And we're writing a book Mm. of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're in our team. What is the superpower that's got you into our mansion? I would say it would be um, able to... Yeah, empathise from 100 metres further, kilometres. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, no, probably not. Um, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't actually like to be at the front. I always prefer to be behind the, the woman at the front. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, being able to do something for someone else, particularly with my glasswork, I really do want to help people in the grief process. And if I can just make that little transition a little bit easier, then I definitely sleep better at night. And good food. Good food gets me out of bed in the morning. And what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Um... I'm not keen on technology, and in order to reach more people, I need to get online a bit more. Um, so that's my challenge. And my eyes are rolling as we speak. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Mm, no, because I don't even know who to vote for at this stage. I'd really love to sound a little bit more educated about that, but... Um, I think we're damned if you do and damned if you don't. The be kind message, I think, has also been overused, but just walk in someone's shoes for a change. It really helps. Thank you very much for joining us. Mawera. Um, I was thinking about uh, the work that you do with the glass, and and we're just still really cringy when we talk about death, aren't we? Yeah. For yeah, so absolutely. many people, it's like the big taboo thing, and oh, let's not talk about it. It's too uncomfortable. But here you are, um, creating beauty from something that's so horrible, and I appreciate that so much. It's special and courageous of you to do oh, that. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind. But it, it came from a need, and. Mm. I I have this one lady that I've spoken to recently and she has, I don't know, about a million great-grandchildren and grandchildren and she wants me to create the most garish, disgusting-looking piece of jewellery for all of her great-grandchildren and they'll be forced to wear her. That's so good. (laughs) Isn't it? I want to be like her. Yeah, be like her. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and it's been lovely to meet you Sam and you, you too. Know, I always love what you do my weirdo so thank you for inviting me along it's been thank really you. neat Jody. let's go out to Blondie's Heart of Glass
You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and we were joined by Jody Langdon in Rotorua. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.